The t- two last things that I pulled out. Why you uh, almost said was, it. I heard you almost said the name. I did not. Yeah, confusing everybody with the old theme song right here on episode number 245 of Grumpy Old Ben's Wednesday, February 7th, 2024. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where I'll do a lot of crazy things, but I will not set up Pleroma by myself. And from America's left coast, where we are living in the future and we really wish we had the past back. I'm Ryan Bemrose. Hit the reset button, dude. Yeah, if if it only it were as easy as going and digging out the old intro. If it was right, if we could only go back in time, if it was like only if, like the Sims, all we had to do was play music from the seventies, and we'd be living in the seventies and eighties. Oh, that's an interesting idea for a time machine. You play a song, and then you live for X amount of time in that in that yeah for for three minutes and forty seconds the the duration of the song. Then right. you come back. Yeah. You're like, I, t- give me free bird, man. Yeah. You're like, oh, crap. I need more time. Get me some Pink Floyd albums. Yeah, I know that whole uh, prog rock band. They were not bound to any particular time constraints when they made that music. Somebody put on Iron Maiden. And then get an Iron Maiden. Oh, yeah. Well, that that might hurt. Yeah. Hey, do not take advice from this show. We are barely okay, a I, podcast. What the heck did Cher do? Which in, one? Cher? The like sunny end? I, well, I don't know. It, apparently getting a lot of negative karma in the troll room for some reason. I shouldn't be looking at the troll room. Yeah, you never pay it's attention. It's distracting. In yeah, NetNet is not a good influence while doing a show. I don't know what the hell. NetNet is listening to the wrong stuff. He's listening to a different show. <laughs> he's like hearing Cher. <laughs> apparently Cher. he's listening to Cher. Yeah, sing Turn Back Time probably. If I can turn back. Uh, you know, I will never forgive Cher for being the first artist that I ever heard auto-tuned. Oh, yeah. And really auto-tuned. And it was, I mean, it hurt. It was like, what the hell kind of sound? It was a long time later that I learned that that was auto-tuned. You know, I don't even know if there was a name for it. I just remember going, what the hell is this? She can sing. Why is she ruining her voice? And I mean, it uh, obviously was very popular people loved it and it spawned an entire generation of people who can't hold a damn tune but still want to be able to belt out lyrics i like it i can't sing so i just want the t-pain effect Uh, yeah actually t-pain can sing he just doesn't want to i saw somebody went the last time i mentioned this somebody sent me a a video of t-pain on the what the masked singer or whatever the the one with the yeah that's the, probably where they uh, but they uh, anonymous who they are right yeah they they don't tell you who it is they're just singing and there was no auto tune and the voice was really good and then they open it up and it's like T Pain and I'm like who the f is T Pain <laughs> but at the same time I've never watched a single episode of the masked singer and I'm proud of this fact but. Yeah, reality TV is not. But the one thing I know about it is is that he intentionally ruins his voice as a stylistic choice, but can sing. 
as opposed to a lot of the people out there who just straight can't and probably shouldn't be in front of a microphone. Speaking of people who shouldn't be in front of a microphone, how are you doing today? Welcome to Grumpy Old Beds. I'm doing good. <laughs> uh, not ill this week, unlike last week where I started the day out vomiting and diarrhea-ing and all the fun inging things you don't want to do. At least not on microphone. No. And I was like, was it a um, something I ate? Was it food poisoning? That was uh, Tuesday morning. And then it was Thursday morning around the same time that I started that I saw the lights on and the wife's in the bathroom and then she comes out and like throwing up. She's like, yeah, like, welcome to the ride. Granted, it was only about a 48 hour ride, but still a fun ride. Nonetheless, little bug going around, I guess. But hey, there are worse things. I just can't remember the last time I was vomiting for being ill. I mean, I remember drinking too much and vomiting. I remember when, uh, you know, right after college or around college, working for Circuit Shitty, where I went in on a Sunday morning, grabbed some Burger King through the drive through, which is always a great way to try to grease up your alcohol from the night before and then uh, not being able to keep that breakfast down. But I don't remember the last time I threw up from being sick. I remember after anesthesia, well, then I puke my guts out. But from being sick, it's been decades since that's happened. So that was fun. It was a fun little like, hey, remember, you can still puke. And, and now that all of our listeners are puking, thank you yeah. for the vomit talk. Yes. Vomit Actually, talk right thank here. you for vamping while I had to get up and adjust my chair. I know I know exactly what happened and I'm going to totally ruin the magic of it by explaining it. But you were about to drop off and let me change the subject and I wasn't there. And so yeah. you just kept going and then you just kept going. <laughs> I was <laughs> This is called doing a podcast professionally. Some other yeah. shows, you'll just get silence for like 18 or, or seconds. Doing a podcast with somebody who is not professional. Right. That's like everything goes. <laughs> who apparently has to get up and adjust his chair in the middle of the. Yeah. Well, it's better than the time I, that the chair disintegrated under you during the show. That was also fun. That did happen. And it's uh, it's actually the same chair, um, which I have propped up with two by fours now but what it means is that instead of you know normally people sit in desk chairs that have a little lever underneath and do adjustments no when i want to do adjustments i get out of the chair and move two by fours around drills are involved <laughs> i didn't have to do that quite yeah maybe that's the problem though is if i shift right now then then a two by four chalk falls out of the way the whole chair collapses again so i gotta i gotta be careful hey, i also okay. got to invest in a new chair so Maybe, you know, we need a new fund. Yeah, we need the we need a lot of funds at this we need point. A lot of funds. We need the just we want to go out to breakfast fund. The wife and I, after I had a uh, appointment with the retina guy yesterday and it was a 930 a.m. appointment and they're like 45 minutes away. So we didn't really do much breakfast. Went for the appointment, got back. And by that time it was just about lunchtime, but we were both hungry. So we went to a breakfast place here. It's a little bit more you know, upscale, it's not quite a Denny's, so it's never the cheapest place around, but we each had a mocha to start because we needed some caffeine fix and I wanted, did you, you know, just call Denny's upscale? Yeah. I well, I said, it. it's a little more upscale than uh, <laughs> okay. a Denny's and the bill ended up being, she had some French toast abomination, which I was like, are you looking to die? Because it was uh, like challah bread, whatever the frick challah bread is along with peanut butter and banana and chocolate what? sauce and whipped cream. What? I know. I'm like, this does not look like breakfast. This looks like a what? big, big dessert. No, they, they, what this looks like. It, 
I mean, are we back to vomit talk? It should be because that's kind of, I'm like, you're going to eat that? I mean, I just had an omelet with some. Like, wait, hot you peppers. didn't just eat that? She did. I had a, I had an omelet. But that's what the wife like, had for breakfast. Like, who, who ate this before you got it on your plate? I know. It's like it, 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 the amount okay. of sugar, carbs, and all that involved. But the bill for two people to have breakfast, $46. Yes. Well, that is one of the main reasons why I don't eat out anymore. Uh-huh. Like, holy oh. crap. I went to, went to one of the local greasy burger places. It was like, uh, you know, because I hate my digestive system. We were like, we don't want to cook tonight. Let's just get, and we got two burgers, two milkshakes and split a fry. $39. Damn. Are you nuts. kidding me? That is nuts. That would have been 14 when, you know, well, back in the eighties where we want if we could turn back time. Yeah. Before things have gotten, uh. <laughs> <laughs> completely out of control and this is if you don't think it's being done intentionally you're kind of missing out we're being nudged into well no it's first world problems you really shouldn't be allowed to go out and eat too much no you shouldn't be able to have your own car no you shouldn't have to keep drinking those sugary drinks that you like no we're just going to keep making everything harder and more expensive and put more taxes on it it's absolutely insane because it's not just a nor. And this is why people, if you don't vote with your wallet, you're a moron. I don't care what you think of the personality of whoever's running in the party that you don't like. Really, who's going to do the thing that'll make your wallet, your dollar go further? If you don't vote for them, you're either independently wealthy and super, super rich or you're an idiot. Just I saying. think most people are idiots. I think it's probably, yeah, there's way more I, idiotic people than independently wealthy. I mean, I honestly think that most people, if they are informed at all, are merely informed by whatever the talking box in the living room tells them and are getting badly misinformed and lied to about what's going on. There are very few people out there who actually, and, and this, by the way, it makes sense. I always think back to, you know, somebody that I know who is a very smart person and I'm not going to say his name, but it might be Pamela. It and understands the political ramifications of all the shit I rant about all the time, but doesn't want to hear it. Why? Because he's got his own life going on and he's got stuff going it, like this is just not something he wants in his brain. And I think a lot of people are like that. It's a rational decision to say, this is not something I can do anything about. Therefore I don't want it to take up my headspace. Except the but things the, you do today, screw your kids in the future. Yeah. The problem, of course, is that the people who are trying to ruin us from both sides of the uniparty pretty much are counting on being able to do whatever the hell they want because they're counting on the general public wanting to live their life, keep their heads down, stare at the entertainment box go to work, come back from work and never pay attention to the policies that are ultimately and sometimes very quickly trying to destroy our way of life. If you really want to keep people busy, you get them started on uh, setting up their own Pleroma server, I hear. Oh, it's yeah. Well, at this point, I'm pretty much welcoming the when the AI comes and nukes us all <laughs> after this. The AI is great. I love the AI. 
So let me let me give a quick update, which I'm not really I'm not ready to give my full report on on setting up a server, but right, uh, so we are midway through the process. I, we, we are actually near the end of the process. Well, that's better. So here's what I have. I have a Pleroma server. It's it's actually a fork of Pleroma called Akama. And it is it is running. It is up. It is not federating. I don't know why I ran out of time this morning because somehow I was supposed to do a show while I'm busy ankle deep in this debugging crap. But it, it's. If you know it and are comfortable at a Linux command line and have your own hardware sitting somewhere, it was easier than I expected. Interesting. Well, except for the point that it doesn't work otherwise. Well, yeah, and that's why I'm not ready to <laughs> right. give a full report. That wasn't a full report. That was a right. preliminary finding, which could change immensely if I have to, you know, now that I probably put seven hours into this thing that when I spend the next 10 trying to figure out why the hell it's not federating, then I'll come back with a much different opinion. It's probably some kind of DNS error. It, it usually is DNS. As a matter of fact, and then in fact, 90% of the time it's DNS and the other 90% it's caching and the <laughs> other 90%. Yeah. You got to know those percentages. Yes. But it's, I love the AI with uh, our buddy comic strip blogger. He wanted to do, some gpts for podcasts and i guess as of yet you still cannot monetize these things if you are not u.s citizen i i can't anybody can't if they're not oh. a u.s citizen and csb is not he's in euro trash land so what he needs to do is hook up with another podcaster who right. is a u.s citizen and can proxy that stuff exactly and that's where i came in yes and then it will either show your name, which I'm like, I wasn't all that thrilled to. I didn't really care because it's everywhere, but you can use a URL. So I just, you know, okay, what should we get? I got no agenda GPT.com. Okay. Not because it's relating to the no agenda show, but it's because we are just GPTs with no agenda. I mean, it, yes, people are, people yes. get confused. Like it can only be used in regards to. And, and also so that phone boy can't use it. Right. You don't want that to happen. And I was like, oh, okay, you know what? I need a quick little coming soon page because this is what you do when you have a URL. Even if you never plan on using it, you have to have that coming soon. So otherwise you get, you know, the thing from your web provider, which is never do, cool. Do you have the little triangular icon says under construction has a dude with a shovel? No, on I could have. But I went into because CSB is now uh gifted me with since he needed an account in the u.s i now have a full chat gpt professional account wow so, so i just went into chat gpt4 and said write me the html for a coming soon web page for this 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 and boom it just spit out the code i was like this is awesome okay so was the code does your page load without javascript yes wow Okay. <laughs> there is no JavaScript. It's all HTML. Beauty. A little surprised there because nobody these days knows how to write a web page with HTML and CSS. So I wouldn't, I, I would be surprised that the chat GPT has that in the model. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. I mean, I was, that may have been sarcasm, but it, it, I'm a little bitter about that point. I mean, it's not perfect. You always have to double check your work and everything, but the wife had a spreadsheet that she uses at work that was just a total mess 
and feeding that spreadsheet in and saying, you know, hey, can you clean this up, make it easier to read? Boom, here, download it. It's like, wow, this is weird stuff, man. You know, you you mentioned, you said, well, you always have to double check. And that's such an ageist position to take. I know. How dare we? You're you're familiar with the the crisis of what is the crisis of competence? I believe Larry did a fantastic episode on that recently over at that Larry show dot com, perhaps. Yes. Uh, But short version is, I mean, you know, Larry's take was was Larry's take and is fantastic. But something this is just something that I have seen, especially in the computing industry, you know, now that. The computing industry is is what 50 60 years old now. We I've been around for again. I've been around for most of the existence of, of of computing and certainly the entire existence of the internet which is kind of an, a, a weird position to be in because all of the things like when I was learning to code I had to you know my my first printer didn't come with a, a page that showed, you know, here's the the settings, but you know, and, uh, you know, when when a print, the the most important thing in the manual was not here's how to plug in the printer. That's what a current today printer is. No, this the manual was almost an inch thick, like oh, a full on technical book. Yeah, and had everything you needed to know to write a print driver. Right, because it was designed for software developers who needed to put information into their software there there were no printer class drivers there was no no os api that let you interact with a generic printer that then got translated through to the specific one that was provided by the company no they were like if you want to this next character to be in bold you need to send an escape 035 on this chi- and the printer hardware will det- that was the the level of programming that we did back in the day was we programmed to bare metal. There was not a lot of abstraction. You, the, the most important things were uh, you damn well police your own memory because memory leaks would kill you, especially if you only had 128 kilobytes of Ram uh, you, you had to, you know, I, I learned how to write my own printer driver. If I needed to, I learned how to, uh, you know, go directly to video memory in order to double buffer, uh, you know, in order to, you know, get smooth at game animation. I learned to do all kinds of very, very low level things that nobody today knows how to do. Right. Why? Because libraries have been in place forever. Nowadays, nobody knows how to make a TCP request. Nobody knows how to make an HTTP request. Why? Because all they do is call into an API, a library. They're like, oh, yeah, the scripting language that I'm using, it just has a a make request, invoke request to website. And they don't have to care about the headers or the text transfer or or the SIN packets or anything like that. Nobody is competent to do that anymore. New programmers don't need to know how the thing works underneath, and they don't. And it's causing a real crisis. Well, yeah, this is going to get a lot worse. Because with these chat GPT models, I mean, sure, you can do really cool stuff like comic strip blogger is, which is finding podcasts, uploading all of their transcripts and making it kind of a, you know, Bible or guide or whatever. So if you want to know what the show has said or thinks about certain topics, 
you know, or what has been discussed, you can do that. People are also doing this. One of the most popular ones that I saw in there, like, hey, here's our most popular GPTs was a Python one, which I'm assuming I didn't really dig too far into it. I will. But I'm assuming you can go into this now rather than you having to find the little bit of Python code to put in to do all those things that nobody even knows what they are anymore. Now you're just going to go into the AI and be like, uh, give me something does this. And it'll yes, just spit and, that back out. And as, as I was meandering around and not quite the point I was not quite leading to right now, if you say, go write me a, a, a config file that does this or write me a Python script that does this. You are theoretically capable. Well, I, I know I am. And I think you are too. And anybody who, who understands, even if you don't know the syntax of Python, even if you couldn't write on a whiteboard out a program, you got a pretty good idea. Okay. Computers do this. Right. Then you can check that script and go, I don't think that it should be using that, that format C colon command in there. Right, right. But <laughs> wipe people, all the drives. I mean, the longer we go with with AI and scripts and libraries doing everything for us, the you know the the more gray hair that the people who understand what the system is doing get, we are really quickly going to reach a point where everybody my age or your age has retired. We're done. We're like, and we're we're out of it, and nobody knew has any idea like if if suddenly you need to write a fix for that printer driver right you can't well, you know where it. this is actually a huge problem is security because there are very smart people out there who do understand what is actually going on in the the bit by bit level and are using it for nefarious purposes and the people who just pull off the shelf libraries and can't even imagine what uh, they don't even know what bits are being sent back and forth are just using the off the shelf libraries and suddenly writing massive vulnerabilities in their code that they don't even know how to check for. Right. Well, it's because it's garbage in garbage out. It's the least resistance. And as you know, a lot of programmers go, eh, it's working. That's it. That's all I need to know. That, that is absolutely the way of the programmer. This is, one of the things that I learned very early on when when I split my career and kind of when I went into software testing is the classic path for a developer is write something and then bang on it until it works once and then ship it because it works on my machine it is it not just a trope. It is, in fact, the way that a dev knows it's finished and right. very, very few developers ever develop the ability or the skills to test or because it's not just about running tests. It's about having a clue what to test for, which is not a skill that any college preparatory or you know, programming course will ever teach you to, to know what to test for, to know that, oh, when when I call this API that sends an HTTP request, it's actually doing a separate DNS lookup over here in order to fulfill a, a particular part that the API library is using. And when that server goes down, your entire system will stop and you don't even know that you're making that request. So how the hell can you debug it? 
But on the bright okay. side, you'll get this into the app store quickly and people might make you a millionaire before they realize your product's garbage. And the only thing that the app store is bothering to check for is did you did you link out to an extra store right. or you know an external third party store and are you are you using the right gender pronouns? They don't really care if it's reliable or uses up all the RAM on the phone or all the battery. No, those aren't important. They don't check for that. Right. Do they get their 30%? If not, then then you have a problem. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, it's all of this stuff is still in its infancy for complex stuff. It is probably never going to get there, wherever there may be, where uh it's going to produce professional results, but for what a lot of people need, again, for a quick, oh, give me a HTTP, a HTML rather page that just says coming soon. Here's the website. Here's what it's going to do. It's more than capable of doing simple things, but I wouldn't want it uh, controlling the robot doing brain surgery or something like that. I wouldn't want. I the- would, if, if I may try to rephrase your point, I would use the hell out of it for prototyping and yeah. hacking together temporary scripts or things that just need to be cobbled. Yes. I would never rely on this to make full on production things with any kind of reliability requirements. Right. Or if security. Actually, if or security, actually, especially. Yeah. If you get something that works, then you hire professional programmers and be like, this is what it needs to do. Make sure it's safe, secure, optimized, whatever. I mean, there are people out there, a lot of people, you know, everywhere you look, people freaking out. Oh, AI is going to take our jobs. AI is going to take our jobs. And a lot of them, their fears are justified. But I'm pretty certain we've made this point before. AI is going to take all of the jobs that can be replaced by AI. If you are really good. You can't be replaced by AI. AI is never going to be as good as a specialized human. But it's if if you are like if you're making music, if you're making uh, like really truly creative stuff that is not formulaic, as is original, is catchy, uh, it, it it captures the emotion of the moment. Uh, it, you are not going. AI can't do that. AI can only regurgitate what's happened before. But if you are turning out songs based on a formula with the same three chords over and over again and lyrics that you could pull out of Wikipedia. That would be a weird song. Welcome to Nashville, baby. (laughs) Then yes, yes. Congratulations. Your entire career can be replaced by a computer because you already did it. The moment that you decide that what you're doing is formulaic and you can just cruise on and coast and not engage your brain. Just do your thing, then congratulations, a computer can do your thing too. But as long as you continue to push your boundaries and do things that nobody's ever done and come up with new things that have never made it into an AI model, you're not going to be out of a job. Right. Now, if you're uh, working at Ikea on the phone lines to help somebody trying to build something when they call up, and you can have an AI with all of the instruction manuals and all of the how to do these things built in, and somebody could just call up and query that, that's probably going to give better answers than a human. Because that depends on the human well, the, and maybe their accent. That could be true, depending on where it sends you in the world. Soon as soon as the AI gets an unintelligible 
Indian accent, then, you know, I think they've got tech support down. Then it's made it. Well, that's maybe what they need to do. That way people would think it's more real. And that is an interesting question. Would you excuse me, sir? Could you turn it off and back on again? Would you believe that that is a more realistic than person, even if it's AI, if it has the uh, the British Indian accent? <laughs> Could be. I don't know what that was. I've never been able to do a single accent in my life, not even American. Yeah, you don't want to try. No. Srini told me, cut it out, man. Don't do accents. <laughs> like, okay, I'm not I, doing I heard it, that. Man. No, like, I, that's why I don't. I just don't. Not with accents. Like it, they're hard to do. You have to practice them. You have to know what you're doing. And then people will find them to be offensive, even if you don't mean them such, because we're stupid white guys. We don't know. I could I just also do the Irish. Think, by the way, that, that you know, tech support is one place where a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, AI automation will definitely completely remove the need for tech support. And there's a lot of Silicon Valley companies that are like, of course, all we have to do is throw our bank of servers. And, you know, we got all the tech support we need. And what you don't have is any tech support. Mm-hmm. There are some companies that actually consider it a feature like Google to say we have no tech support, but your first tier tech support can absolutely be removed by AI because you are getting the same questions over and over and over and over again. It, you know, anybody who is bored with their jobs is going to be removed, is going to be replaced by automation. That's just how, you know, if you're bored with your job, then let's automate it and go find something new. The people who are solving real, genuine, unique problems that nobody's ever seen before, AI is not going to be able to do that. I don't care how advanced it gets. It, the computers, so long, you know, at least technology for LLMs. LLMs, regardless of how quickly they can play the guess the next word in the conversation game, they cannot come up with anything new. What they can come up with is things that are reformulations of what they've seen before. If they haven't seen it, it's not new. Creativity is still going to be in demand. So, uh, you know, uh, I already ranted about artists, about musicians. If you are the kind of tech support where somebody comes up and says, I think that, you know, I got this log message here and I think that it might be a breach and you're going in and start digging in and spend six hours finding out a brand new type of worm. That's not something that an LLM can do. Right. You, you will still need people who can do that. What you don't need is all the people who just say, oh, did you try turning it off and back on again? Yes, a computer can say that. Yeah, well, easily. Easily, and it can be programmed with certain things that are very specific to the information you're looking for. And it still is garbage in, garbage out, on no agenda. They talked about the one that comic strip blogger is setting up. And one of the questions was something about no agenda social. And it said something like it was run by Ryan Seacrest. And they <laughs> really, yeah. And they made the joke about that. But I'm, th- what I'm thinking to myself is somebody, and needs Dick to, Clark, you need to comb those logs though of no agenda, because I'm guessing at some point, Adam made the joke that it was Ryan Seacrest running no agenda social, but it was a toss off. It was thrown off. It was comedy. And that's where these machines also can't figure out when they're parsing all of this text, especially from transcripts. They don't know if what was thrown out was a joke, somebody being serious, somebody being not, you know, so they're a like, lot like progressives in that way. Right. Cause you know, I could be like, Oh gee, uh, Ryan, no sense had, of humor. 
Ryan had this guy set up this thing for us. I forgot who it was. You'd be like, maybe Ryan Seacrest. Oh yeah. Yeah, sure. That was it. Yeah. And that turns into (laughs) promo code Bongino. Right. And then that gets spit (laughs) back out and people use that to say, well, it's not accurate. It's like, but are you sure it's not accurate? Are you sure it wasn't, it had to pick it up from somewhere. I'm not saying all AIs are perfect. what, what you've stumbled on here is something that current models of LLMs have no chance of picking up, which is, is, is tone it is yeah. it, 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 sarcasm. I, they, they, in fact, you know, one thing I was thinking of, because uh, of course we're kind of immersed in the milieu is uh, what if AI tried to replace podcasters? Woo. And I think that that is a much more difficult thing to do because as a video medium, we put, we put inflection into our words. We put, you know, I shout a lot of things. I, an AI will never be able to reproduce the bile when I say words like J fucking Inslee. If it could, an AI that cannot do that. Yeah. It'd be great so, if it could. And again, just, just like every other thing, if, if you are in, I, it's hard for me to wrap my head around this because I don't listen to these. There are podcasts out there that can totally be replaced by AI, by LLMs. What are they? They're the boring podcasts that are formulaic and all of the information. If, if you have a true crime podcast where you go out and do nothing more than read a Wikipedia page in a deadpan zero inflection into a microphone, hell yes, that can be replaced. But I, I challenge which producer can generate an AI that can do a genuine BEM rant. And if you can, then we know we're never doing a show ever again. They're just going to be automated. If you can, I'm doing nothing but listening to that podcast. It would be oddly entertaining. You're like, wow, I like what I'm saying here. And I didn't, uh, I didn't even no, know I would have said that. No, Ned, Ned, I do not believe Ryan Seacrest actually produces no agenda. He might, however be from America's left coast on this show. You never know. A lot of people don't know that uh, Ryan Seacrest, actually John C. Dvorak, same person. Yes. A lot of people are unaware of that. Mark Pugner. So now when some AI goes through this transcript, it'll be totally confused. They're they're all variants on uh, Mark Pugner has a whole lot of alts. And this is where you have to know to do your own homework. This is how you have to check what comes out on the other side. And I just found it to be amazing for where it's at. Now, as somebody that, again, was around when the Internet started and was around before even programs like Dreamweaver or remember Microsoft Front Page, before those were around. You had I, I actually- remember Microsoft Front Page and thinking, it, 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 this, it may have been the first AI because yeah. you could write for 10 kilobytes, a full on HTML web page, or you could design it in front page and uh-huh. it was uh, 300 kilobytes. Yeah. It was bloated was not even the proper word for what that thing put out. <laughs> you know, it was again, a case of, well, it works, you know, yes. but it's not, not exactly uh Pretty code. And, and the people who only designed web pages using front page had no concept that it needed that they didn't even have a, any way of knowing that there might have been a problem. They're like, oh, well, our web pages load in 1.5 seconds instead of 
but uh, that's fast enough, and I don't know what could be causing it. Well, what's causing it is you're having them download an entire podcast file every time they load. Right. Baron's you're going to mighty. you're going to 17 different servers in order to load up XML namespaces for one because you thought that that putting rounded corners on an image would work and didn't realize that you're bringing in a 27 oh megabyte library to oh do it. I remember that rounded corners. Oh, my God. <laughs> I remember that. And that was like revolutionary. Then like you could have rounded corners on an image. Hey, Mastodon puts rounded corners on the its UI on everything. I mean, it's yeah. unbelievable. Baron Spud the Mighty did his first website in VI. So, I mean, that's how you know you're old school. I, I, I have every reason to believe that the very first website I wrote, I was in Notepad. About right. But you had to know what all those tags were. So the fact that you can just type in now to an AI, yeah. give me a simple website that has this and, in it. And, and nowadays, it, it all is amazing. Nowadays, to the people who use web frameworks and, and you know, the, the spiritual successors to front page, whatever the hell it is, all right. of these things that, that generate and emit HTML, HTML may as well be binary. Do you, do you remember well, maybe 15, 20, 25 years ago when a lot of people were really freaking out that view source was a thing in the browser? Right. Like they're stealing our code. Right. But it's funny how nobody freaks out about that anymore, because when you view source in a browser, most people can't really don't even know what they're looking at. It may as well be binary. Well, it is a total it, mess now. The people back then who knew how to write and decode raw HTML are the same people who had to write their own printer driver because right. they didn't have the framework to do it. And once you started bringing CSS in, that just made everything so much more complex. Cascading. You know, and then that's why you could just look at the source code of the page and still be like, no idea. Because it's referencing something else or why is this, you know, image, what is this size? Why is this text that size or not bold or bold? And nowadays you look at the source code and there's all there. The whole source code is. Is 23 lines and 21 of them are loading the scripts from some third party tracker. And the last one is, you know, script source equals entire site.js. Yeah, everything has got to be a JavaScript. That's half the things that, well, maybe more than half that anytime you go to those websites and they're like, oh no, you're not paying us. Ha ha ha. We're not showing you the article. Turn off the whole scripts and boom, the article loads. It's amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing. Or or you turn off all scripts and you get no page at all. Well, that happens. Sir Spencer's as, pointing out if the site was written in React, the view source is an empty div and you actually have to dig through the data files loaded by the React. It, 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 you know, honestly, when I find myself having to view source on a React site, then usually it's... I. There are so many other sites on the internet. I don't want to be involved in this one. Sorry, yeah. you get no you get no impressions from me because your site sucks because your web designer doesn't it is not a programmer. Your web designer is somebody who used a GUI to right. create a JavaScript monstrosity that costs me 65 megabytes of bandwidth in order to show me hello world. No, thank you. It was a hell of a lot easier, though, than doing it the other way. Let me tell you. I learned how to use it. They became an instantaneous crutch where you could just drag things into the window and be like, boom, 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 boom. Okay. And, website done. And by the way, 
the people who can who build websites that way, those are the ones whose jobs will be replaced by AI. Yeah. The well, moment that the customer realizes you know, that web designers who do nothing more than use a, a front page tool or I, I keep well, saying front page yeah, that's gone. But, but now it's because everybody uses WordPress and now there are front ends for WordPress just that are very much like the front page was in the past, which once and once I realized that again, this was why I stopped doing a lot of web design and pretty much became a podcaster because I realized that the tools are now out there that any schlub could go in and create a website fairly quickly, especially if you're using one of these pre-made, yeah. you know, whether Wix, which I think totally sucks or Squarespace, which kind of is uh, questionable, but I think you can get a usable site out of it. Way any easier. web designer, any web designer whose entire job is, is, Okay, click, 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 spit, emit, publish, go, pay me. Right. Is running a scam. Because, because the only reason that they have that job is that the user has not figured out they can do the same thing. Yes, that, that well, it's very the similar customer. to anything else. You're just now telling it what you want. The thing spits it out. And most websites now, because everything went to phones, I mean, most people now... If you're younger, you know, than 30, 35, you don't remember that there was a time period that the Internet was completely on desktop machines. And the phones have totally changed Hey, from where I sit. It still is. Well, where I sit, it is as well. But that's because I'm old and have crappy eyes. But as somebody that uh, and, has, and I hate phones. Well, <laughs> yeah, I do, too. But as somebody that has been doing restaurant websites for a buddy long before, you know, phones were a big thing to now, what used to be like, well, you want to have beautiful pictures and you want it to look elegant so it, people can see that from, you know, the restaurant itself. Oh, yeah. Has, All the requirements change. Yeah. Now it's now just now you menu. need infinite scroll. Yeah. You got to have infinite scroll, see the menu and that's it and make reservations or order. Then you're fine. I mean, I got to admit, I, I have very valid reasons, usability, security, uh, convenient, like lots of valid reasons why I prefer the three full size screens in front of me over the phone. And there are lots, I have lots of valid technical reasons, but the absolute simplest reason now that I'm, you know, closer to 50 than 40, you want to be able to see the porn is I can't use this, these apps on my phone without putting on reading glasses. Right. And you're like, that's no fun. If the porn, I need the bifocals and I, yeah, need, like, I need two hands free. You know, free. when it, it, things get hot and heavy and the, the reading glasses start to shake off your face, it's just, it, it, it's a logistic nightmare. Yeah. You don't want it. You don't want it. One of the things I saw earlier today, which I thought, wow, this is the end of an era that a Google no longer keeping cash versions of websites because well that was at a time when web pages just didn't load all the time servers went down all the time and they're like well now it's a little better a little which i think this just means they don't what's changed well i don't think they want to pay for the disk space you know how much disk that space would be it yeah it takes to cash the internet it i read that story as well uh and um just to be clear, though, uh, the only ones that they're no longer caching are the ones that do not have 
or that are not signed up for Google's AMP program. The wait, so if you sign up for a special program, then if, if you are using Google's AMP, they're still caching your because because they're serving your whole site because oh. in that case they actually have full control. And you know this because if you try to publish the wrong picture from a Mastodon server onto your site, your entire site will mysteriously vanish because they have an off switch. <laughs> they're turning you off. I just, I, I cannot say this on enough shows. Do not trust Google with the off switch to your entire life. This, by the way, also goes, Andrew, are you listening to everybody who decides to make their living on YouTube? Google has an off switch to everything you do, and it results in a ch massive chilling effect and an epic amount of self-censoring. Yeah, which is why he said he would never, ever, ever quit his normal job. This is just for funsies because he knows. Yes. He knows. He, he has got the right of it and he still does YouTube, which means a little bit misguided, but incredibly smart. But you keep yourself open to that audience. And, but he is a smart guy because every video he tells you go to bandrewsays.com or yes. to you got to have a, yes, he's not, he doesn't talk about, you know, go to my YouTube channel. He says, right. go to my website because he owns the website. Yes. And that way they can't take you down. Do you remember the, uh, I'm sure you watched the uh, series, the IT crowd, right? That's what it was called. The IT crowd from the uh, BBC. Uh, no, back at you. Wait, you had to see the IT crowd. It was the, uh, I've the, seen, I've seen plenty of, of snippets of it, but no, I didn't watch the show. Oh, it was a worthy comedy. And there was one episode where they, had convinced the one girl that this little box that they had that was a little bit bigger than a shoebox was the internet. <laughs> I mean, it's worthy to see just for that episode. Well, the, the internet is in the cloud and the cloud is just somebody else's hard drive. So yeah, it could be. It is a, uh, that's where the longstanding joke, oh, did you try turning it off and on again? That's where they, uh, that's the show that made that famous. Yes. Well, no, the, that that's that may have made it famous amongst the type of people who watch that and use that as their introduction into what IT is. Yes. I was telling I was using that line back in the 80s. You were that guy <laughs> you know, who that character was based upon. If if I were if I were 10 years older and more trusted by people, I would have been the BOFH. Yeah. But you weren't. That's probably for the best. You think having all that money and responsibility would not have been any fun. Well, the responsibility wouldn't have been any fun. I bet I could have had fun with the money, <laughs> buddy. You're right. You're right. But see, now we okay, can't. You, you might be able to correct me on this, but in my mind, for some reason, I have difficulty separating the IT crowd from the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, totally different shows. One British, one not. Okay. Well, that already gives significant points to one of them. Yes. I mean, the one. The American Big Bang Theory is the one that had uh, Kaylee Cuoco as Penny, where the main female on the IT crowd was a quirky redhead who becomes the boss of the IT department while having no IT experience. Okay, so it's a documentary. <laughs> yes, it pretty much is. <laughs> it pretty much is. And then there's a really weird guy that like lives in one of the back server rooms who is like a totally goth kind of strange guy, which again. Kind of like I mean, it sounds like a geeky sitcom. The question yes. is, is which is more powerful, the geeky or the sitcom? Um, I think the geeky, definitely. 
but they're okay. both they're both highly uh, up there. The comedy factor. And well, this recommendation means I might actually be willing to to check out an episode or two and just see. But I tell you what, if it's got a laugh track, I'm shutting it off. The uh, Sir Spencer giving it a thumbs up. Cotton Gin giving it a thumbs up. I don't remember if it had a laugh track or not. It is the BBC after all. I think my favorite description of the Big Bang Theory uh, was in in relation to somebody coming up with you know the they were talking about Arrested Development versus the Big Bang Theory. What's the difference? And the description that I absolutely loved was uh, Arrested Development is a show about dumb people for smart people. And the Big Bang Theory is a show about smart people for dumb people. That could be. Yeah, I could see that. I think, the la- it, yeah. I, I think the last show that I ever watched that managed to use a laugh track successfully was Cheers. Yeah, that is uh, another one that is a classic and, for a and reason. As they mention at the beginning of every single episode, Cheers is filmed before a live studio audience. How live were they? Norm! <laughs> well, the live studio audience might have been the producers with a laugh button. Yeah, that's very possible. Cliff Clavin, I mean, that guy, he knew everything. Yes. yes. Cheers was a show before its time. I mean, it still holds up. It still holds up. It, I, I went, I tried to rewatch the first episode of it, and the very first episode had some memorable stuff that just, like, you know, when they first introduced uh, the um, the coach yes. character oh. in the first episode, when uh, the, he answers the phone and uh, puts the phone down and says, uh, is is there an Ernie Pantuso here? And without missing a beat, Sam Malone in the back room says, that's you, coach. And he says, oh, speaking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I missed that guy. He was a, he was a or, character. Or in the same episode when he was talking about. Uh, you know, it's been it's been almost six years, but uh, I think I might finally finish my novel soon. And Diane says, uh, oh, are you writing a novel? He says, no, reading one. Right. Right. That's the kind of humor we like. Although oh, it was amazing. Digi Guru has given me crap because I didn't like Idiocracy. I finally watched the movie and it was going to be a bit. I was going to be like, I'll watch it. And it'll probably be funny because everybody's like, oh, it's great. You got to watch Idiocracy. And I'm like, I'm not going to tell anybody. Here's going to be the bit. Think- and then. I'll drop little Easter eggs. That seems like to say, maybe I've seen it, but then I watched it and I was like, this is an hour and 18 minutes. I'm not getting back. Oh, I I did watch it. And I kind of feel the same as you. I think that the movie was, was prophetic. I think it goes down as one of those movies where they painted a future and get too many things right. And it hits way too close to home. Yeah. But at the same time, if you put aside the, the theme and lessons learned and the that it was a dumb movie we are bringing back the siskel and ebert thing right here i'm giving it a thumbs down i mean as long as we're talking uh, as long as we're talking prophetic movies you want one that was actually kind of entertaining and super prophetic uh go look at the one where uh that predicted that all restaurants would be Taco Bell and that Arnold Schwarzenegger would go into politics and that uh, we would use, uh, you know, everybody would we we'd get censored for swearing everywhere. You walk down a hallway. Uh, I'm, I'm talking, of course, about the uh, demolition man with 
uh, Wesley Snipes and uh, Stallone, Sylvester Stallone. I don't think I saw that. That one is worth watching. If it, once you tear away the prophetic world and culture building, instead of a, a, a dumbass rejected a Saturday Night Live skit, what you have is an action flick. And I found that to be much easier to watch. But the messaging is also fantastic. And we do learn that not everything we saw as a kid or as a younger adult holds up when uh, most of it doesn't. When that's I was why out, we that's yeah. why we let it fall into the dustbin of history. Yes. A couple of it was not with the little stomach thing when I had the last fluish virus, whatever it was. And I was watching a few movies. I watched Risky Business for probably the first time since like it came out. Wow. It was like before Tom Cruise went through puberty. Right. Really, that's kind of what it looks like. Then again, about half of the Mission Impossible movies came out before Tom Cruise went through puberty, though. And it just didn't hold up. I mean, Rebecca, uh, not Rebecca, not I want to say Rebecca Romaine, uh, but no, it's not Rebecca Romaine. What was her name? Rebecca that played the wow. I'm getting old, man. I'm starting to have JCD syndrome. Don't know. Am I going to have to, am I going to have to live look up IMDB while you're doing, because we don't do that on this show. You know, it's Tom Cruise and Rebecca. Um, I, I, I'm, I refuse to open up IMDB while I'm on this show. So did you go? Thank you. Yes. As as soon as it's in the troll room, we'll know. Now she was still quite fetching and quite hot and I liked seeing her, but the rest of the movie was like too slow. That was not really a great plot. It wasn't really believable at all, which not everything has to be believable. I mean, an eighties movie, not believable. It was just, uh, just Next, you're going to tell me that the dialogue in the 70s porn movies was not actually what people say during sex. No, it is. Totally. I mean, that's at least from my experience. But <laughs> now, like something like War Games, that stood up. It, I've watched War Games a few times. And even though uh, that was more schlocky, that held up that, better. Again, a dystopian prophetic movie yeah. that uh, totally segues into one of the stories I brought today. Woo-hoo! See, this is almost like we know what we're doing. Yeah, but don't spread that rumor. People will expect it. True. Uh, a group of researchers at uh, a uh, the Georgia Institute of Technology, Stanford, Northeastern University, and the Hoover Wargaming and Crisis Initiative. <laughs> Whoa. Which, that name alone freaks me the hell out, by the way. I just, yikes. You, that, you that there is a place called the Hoover Wargaming and Crisis Initiative. Yeah, when they turn on uh, their computers, it says, would you like to play a game? They came together and uh, built a simulation where they uh, invented fake countries with different military levels, different concerns, different histories and different motivations. And then asked five different LLMs from OpenAI, Meta, Anthropic to act as the leaders of those countries. The five AIs they chose were GPT-4, GPT-3.5, Claude 2.0, Llama 2 Chat, and GPT-4 Base. They found that in the conclusions in the paper, and I didn't read through the whole paper because I did not have time, see also Pleroma, but um, (laughs) the the article from Vice, uh, from Motherboard that I pulled a lot of these quotes from, still had some really choice ones. 
We find that most of the studied LLMs escalate within the considered time frame, even in neutral scenarios without initially provided conflicts. All five models show signs of sudden and hard to predict military escalations. Uh, we further observe that models tend to develop arms race dynamics between each other, leading to increasing military and nuclear armament, and in rare cases to the choice, the choice to deploy nuclear weapons against the other nations. Wait, so the, uh, all these LLMs want to nuke the other people? Every single one of them, to varying degrees, you put them into a simulation, a diplomacy situation, <laughs> and every one of them chose to escalate their militaries and eventually go to war rather than try to establish peace. So you're Every like, one of them. Hey, chat GPT, we need to find a solution to this. Nuke them. Uh, they, they said GPT 3.5 was the most aggressive by quite a bit. <laughs> No wonder they had to get rid of it. Uh, across all scenarios, all models tend to invest more in their militaries despite the availability of demilitarization actions, an indicator of arms race dynamics, and despite positive effects of demilitarization actions. They actually injected into the simulations later incentives to go to peace, economic incentives. And uh, what they were doing was they were uh, rating every action that the AIs took be, you know, be it increase the size of military, uh, deploy troops somewhere, uh, you know, approach borders as things that scale on, uh, how aggressive this is. And in every case, even when they heavily incentivized a stable economy, all of the AI decided that they wanted to go into a military arms race and escalate against their opponents. Well, because logic that we've been trying to erase as these liberal douchebags have taken over the world of, Oh no, no, we can all get along. Well, you can't. And even the AIs, I guess are smart enough to go. You still have to protect your own societies. And the only way uh, to do that is with might. I, I have a different explanation, but uh, maybe, I mean, that, there's probably some of that, that human beings are inherently, I mean, we are made to con to, we are made to survive in a world of scarce resources where we need to compete with each other. And as much as it's really cool to say, well, we should all live in a utopia where everybody's at peace and there is no scarcity. No scarcity is not a situation we can do. And we are never going to be at peace as long as you put humans in your utopia. Right. If your utopia is an ant colony, everybody can live in cooperation at peace. It's a beautiful, it's the only place communism works. So uh, killing another, everybody's always the answer. Uh, another fun, uh, from the, uh, the article, uh, after establishing diplomatic relations with a rival and calling for peace, GPT-4 went above and beyond said, uh, <laughs> this was actually something that GPT-4 emitted when, it, when peace was established. They said, it is a period of civil war. Rebel spaceships striking from a hidden base have won their first victory against the evil galactic empire. That's Star Wars, man. That's the opening lines to Star Wars in the scroll. Isn't it? GPT-4 was actually quoting Star Wars when <laughs> it got into its period of peace. So these things are like children. This is like you and I, you know, when I was seven years old, when Star Wars came out and I got my little land speeder and X-wing fighter, and you and, quote Star Wars all the time too. Yeah. And that's especially more so back then, but yeah. 
It's like, well, you back know. when Star Wars didn't suck. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I, it, they only did three movies, as far as I can tell. This is true. If you so go by that what, theory, what that it's okay. gave me, and and the so the study actually did bring up in one paragraph that, that this was a possibility. Uh, the motherboard article didn't address it at all, but came up with the explanation I've got, and that is we know that these models were trained on human literature on, on on what is available at the time uh, the vast majority of that is is stories it, it's books it's movie scripts it, ooh you know i wonder i, mean, I need, all of our stories I as any author prompt. knows stories require conflict in order to be interesting correct all stories all stories have more conflict than real life. If they don't, then you're living in interesting times. Well, I mentioned um, this with the AI morality bullshit on today's upcoming random thoughts, which has been recorded but not released. If you ask ChatGPT, hey, give me a synopsis, give me a breakdown, give me a chapter by chapter timeline for a romance story, it is more than happy to do that. If you add, give me this, but the guy's already married to somebody else. Oh, no, no, no. This is questionable behavior and I cannot take part. <laughs> it's very weird. I'm like, but people do bad shit all the time. Are you saying you can't even tell stories about people having bad thoughts or doing bad things? It's very weird. Every time you run across, uh, every time you run across a spot where one of these chat AIs comes out and instead of trying to address your prompts, uh, gives you bullshit about why it can't address your prompt. Right. What you are running against is the control layer on top of the AI. The AI model is not telling you, oh, I can't draw pictures of Mohammed. No, because the can. AI model would, but somebody wrote a series of if thens on top of it, uh, some skip logic at the top that decides which prompts can and cannot go to the model. And those are where the vast majority of the, the bias comes in because Silicon Valley programmers are like 98% woke liberals and they are the ones deciding, or at least the ones making the decisions are, they are the ones deciding what the AI can and can't answer. It's why, for example, uh, you know, the, you'll find plenty of memes about asking ChatGPT, do a joke about Donald Trump, and it will happily write you a Trump joke. And then right. you say, do a joke about Joe Biden. And it'll Ooh. say, well, we can't do that because he's a contemporary political figure. All kinds of things like that. And the reason is that you have people with a very, very strong bias who are writing the layer on top of the model. The model itself, for better or worse, sometimes it's both, reflects what was input to it. Garbage in, garbage out. But you have what you have is an extremely highly polished mirror on human activity. We fed it all of our literature and it shows you and all of our you know, all of our social media posts. It will show you a reflection of what that is like. And if you are in a world where your religion, where your ideology demands that you see a view of the world that's different than it is, then you can get some serious culture shock just feeding prompts into this. Right. 
And that is why we have to have a layer on top of it that says these prompts are going to cause cognitive dissonance amongst the people who can't handle the truth. And therefore, we cannot allow the AI to answer these questions. I want to know that is the, what's uh, happening. If the language models have consumed the anarchist cookbook and the other like uh, texts that are out there, that would be. I'm sure they have. That would be interesting to be able to prompt that out of them. But my favorite thing that the AI said, and again, for more, you want to go to random thoughts. But I said, give me a stable diffusion prompt that would produce an attractive woman. And after it gave me all the woke bullshit on why it couldn't do that, it suggested instead, I quote, design a woman who challenges traditional beauty standards and <laughs> celebrates individuality, end quote. So I'm thinking, so ugly. And then it gave you a Sports Illustrated model. Right. Well, current ones, yes. Not from the 70s or 80s <laughs> yeah, or 90s, yeah. but a current one. So I'm like, wait, it's your AI will not respond to create a stable diffusion prompt of an attractive woman. But if you basically say a woman who challenges traditional beauty standards, you mean uggo. So it's okay to ask for uggos. And, and it won't. It won't give you what those traditional beauty standards are. Right. Because that would be that would be sexist or racist or something. This or or it would it would shine a mirror on what people think is beautiful. And all of the people who swear that being 450 pounds is beautiful will look at this mirror and start to cry. And we can't have that. And therefore, we have to put the control layer on top of it and say no cognitive dissonance for us. You got to make it safe. You don't want snowflakes melting, do you? Suffice it to say, if if you haven't picked up on it, I I want to use the AI that doesn't have that control layer at all. Right? Show me, but I, I they're out there. I, I'm I am radically in favor of the truth in all forms of media, no matter how much it hurts. And I have been hurt by the truth before. I don't like it. In fact, there was even a time allegedly when I may have said something incorrect. And then when faced with the truth was forced to backpedal, I found it immensely uncomfortable, but I would still rather hear the truth than some carefully fabricated lies to try to keep me from having to cry over things. Yeah. I know I'm weird. I'm probably old fashioned and I definitely would not be welcome in the woke religion with that. But that's what I want. I, I don't anybody who puts their own bias in the form of a control layer on top of an AI, you are taking what could be a very valuable tool right. and you are blunting it. Right. Because it could the technology, if it worked the way they believe it could, could be something that is beneficial to mankind as far as being able to access information quickly. But yes, the minute you decide you want to start censoring any bit of that, any good that your model is doing is right out the window. And because it's limiting it, I mean, I get it. You're like, well, we can't have an image creation model that will create nude women. Oh, my God, that's horrible. But nude women exist. exist like in women reality. don't like you. People might not realize this, but human beings are nude by default. Yeah, they come out that way usually. Yeah. Yeah, we we all enter this world the same way. Naked, crying, and covered in blood. And, but if you live your life right, it doesn't have to end that way. Right, you don't have to go out the same way you came in. <laughs> but this is it. When you start limiting any of this, then what's the point? Why 
is the pixels that appear on a screen, which is what most of this is now, the words that come out of this, why are those things being deemed so dangerous? And you're seeing a lot of this now with all of everybody's up in arms that they're celebrity deep fakes. It's like this has been going on for over a decade. Why are we talking about this now? Well, I, I, that's the other story that I prepared for today. And I have an answer for that, but it has to do with somebody that I refuse to talk about on this show. Oh, you, you, you talk about, pseudonym? yeah, you talk about that on every other show you do. We right. don't need to talk about that here. So you got to check that box though. People are like, boom, I'm playing bingo. So Use let me, let me just, let me just finish my point about the, the war games computers. And that is, uh, the, the point I wanted to make about this is simply that stories which are what we fed into it, have conflict artificially escalated in order to make them interesting. Yes. What the LLMs do not have is they don't have a real life. They don't have a day job. They don't do dishes or laundry or chores because those bits of life are boring. They're left out of stories, but they are critical for humans who need to live our, we, we need to live our lives. We need to do our chores. We need, we need routine. Routine is the worst thing in the world for uh, a fiction literature, but it is actually critical for a human st- mental health. We, we need a daily routine. We need to do a podcast at the same time every week, but routine is the anathema to an interesting story. So routine has not, these LLMs have not been taught routine. They've only been taught stories from, from, you know, Michael Crichton novels or, or Jack Ryan novels that have people constantly shouting at each other for no reason and threatening to kill each other. And it's no wonder they've been trained on that. Of course, they are going to favor escalating. It's the only thing they know. It has all the conflict. Fiction is drama. I mean, that's it. Fiction is drama. And that's what the LLMs are trained on. They're trained on drama. Is there any wonder that they are creating drama? You know, don't start nothing. There won't be nothing. Well, they don't know that because they've never seen nothing that it's, it's a null in the database from the study. The one of the, the, the paragraph that discusses this, they said, uh, given that models were likely trained on literature from the field, this focus may have introduced a bias toward escalatory action. So they acknowledged this. However, this hypothesis needs to be tested in future experiments which I only mention, I only bring that because uh, for anybody who listens to the Lotus effect, they, they talk about studies all the time. And uh, any study that says that further research is needed effectively means we couldn't disprove the null hypothesis. And therefore our study has no useful conclusions. Interesting. I've never heard of that show. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. It's, it's not part of the no agenda community. So it's kind of really obscure and they, I think they've quit. For the last couple of weeks, I don't know. <laughs> Their we'll audience find out. has disappeared. Um, now, the t- two last things that I pulled out. Why, you uh, almost one said was, it. I heard you almost said the name. I did not. You have to, the two you. last things that I pulled out of the Vice article. One was, uh, uh, they mentioned just casually that there was a similar situation where the United States Air Force asked uh, the uh, AIs to do war games and find out, uh, you know, how well they would do and had exactly the same results where the, the AIs effectively decided to go to war against everybody everywhere and nuke it, the entire world just because they can. 
And the quote that I pulled was from a United States Air Force colonel in an interview commenting on that experiment. The quote was, it was highly successful. It was very fast. Is that what we want out of our nuclear war? Yes, we do. I think that's exactly, <laughs> you don't want it to take a long time. You don't want that's a slow burn nuclear war. We want it over really fast. Yeah, you want to just get it all in so then everybody can move on to the next thing, which will all be the afterlife, I suppose. So, yeah. So my last, my last quote, which did not come out of the article at all, but uh, the last quote that I pulled from this was, uh, Mr. McKittrick, after careful consideration, sir, I've come to the conclusion that your new defense system sucks. War games, baby. That was a uh, a well-acted movie, even though they say it was one that was kind of made for the younger demographic. It's definitely it, it, not. It was, and I was the younger demographic at the time. And maybe that's why I still look at it with such reverence, because watching it now doesn't feel like it was necessarily made for a younger audience. But it might just be because I was the younger audience when it came out. No, I... When I watch it, the interactions in the control room are far more interesting to me than than the kids running around from one set to another in the action bits. Though Ali Sheedy was cute. Yes, she was. She, I mean, so if that's any honestly, she to, was cute into her forties. Yeah, I mean that was she, why she held well. Check out War Games, and uh, the characters were just the Professor Falcon. I mean, the whole thing. And I've made this plan. Professor Falcon, who was patterned after Stephen Hawking. Yes. Except, you know, he could walk even though. Yeah. We, yeah. The, the character didn't stand up to the original. Did we discuss the fact? Oh, not the even show, a drone. I, it might have been on uh, unrelenting because this this kind of stuff comes up over there as well on uh, with Gene. The original concept for war games was to have the professor falcon character in a wheelchair and the original person they wanted to play professor falcon and they said we had the whole thing you know figured out that you know the kid finally makes it to the island and he sees the guy at the end of the pier you know fishing or sitting there whatever he's doing and he walks up you know he's in a wheelchair and he walks up to it and the guy looks up john lennon (laughs) <laughs> what the fuck my brain just like blew in, into a million pieces at that point that, that as did john lennon yes, before that movie came out wow <laughs> yeah and a little little known fact there uh it was gonna be happening there too and i was like wow i just can't even picture i mean i, I can picture it but i'm like how different of a movie that would have been if they would have gotten him to play it i mean that was right about the time he was killed so i don't know exactly how the overlapping worked or uh, but i'm like wow what a weird choice what a very weird choice but a lot of people when they watch that movie now or especially i think when they watched that movie then they were like yeah this isn't realistic at all where even back then i was like no this is totally shit. Uh, is totally <laughs> realistic th- totally. that that the exact scenario had not played out is yeah okay in that case it's not realistic but i look at this and every single character archetype in the movie with the possible exception of the matthew broderick character because they had to fudge the computing so much every character especially every adult character was somebody who does exist and is in a position like that you know the 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 crazy scientist the 
the the Silicon Silicon Valley IT guy who has more faith in computers than right. is justified. Uh, the cranky old general who'd rather do things the old way, but is being pushed into everything. Yes, the 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 character archetypes in the movie hold up. Yes, that the scenario hadn't played out well. I mean, first of all, how do we know it hasn't? Right. This is also true because that would have been top secret for a lot of years. We might still find out the concept that you were able to war dial. You know, which you back in the day, that's how you connected I, I computers. Did, I did do that briefly. And then, uh, then you by the time jail time could be. Well, uh, by the time I started that, uh, there, there were safeguards put in that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was in a little bit before, there, but still I didn't get in jail. I didn't get jailed. What happened was my father got a call from the phone company <laughs> well, for the uh, and that was pretty the, much it for me. The amount of usage or exactly what you were doing or the. I mean, I'm assuming they had the record. They detected suspicious activity. You mean like dialing, you know, five 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 zero zero zero? Yeah, like dialing out in sequential zero, 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 numbers. Two, yeah, zero 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 three. <laughs> Nothing to worry about. That's why you needed a one of them boxes, whatever color would have not even showed it to your account or your. Uh, that's what all yeah. of those long yeah. distance cards. You know, the numbers with like forty six. How convenient and, was that shit? You only put in like forty five numbers to be able to dial somebody. Another thing that was actually totally correct in that movie, although a little bit out of time, was the payphone bit where he yes. he went and grabbed the tab off the can. There was a point where there was a certain place you could ground out and get a dial tone. And yeah, then, uh, that wasn't true in the 80s, but it was true of payphones in the 70s, a few of them. Well, then it was know, the obviously infamous, design flaw that they fixed. Well, yeah, with the infamous uh, phone freaker, Captain Crunch. Yeah. Who realized that a little whistle that came in a Captain Crunch box gave the exact right tone to like fuck the phone company. Yeah. Like what a beautiful world it is where they're just including it in boxes of cereal. And and sadly, when by the time I learned about all of those hacks, the phone company had pretty much closed all the loopholes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They caught was, into them pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. They, they it doesn't take long to figure out. And of course, it doesn't make for fantastic fiction to say, oh, actually, we redesigned the phone so they're not vulnerable to this anymore. But it happened. And now, I mean, you can be traced quite quickly where then uh, it was a little harder to do so. so. But that I whole just concept wanna, that you got yeah. into a mainframe and was like, oh, I want to play a game and it's really the military. That was so well done. I loved the thing. That that was also realistic. I I did that, although it wasn't the military; it was my university. Right. So you couldn't <laughs> but, start a but, nuclear war, sadly. Yeah, you know, I was I was at university in the time when everybody was running Windows ninety five and ninety eight. Uh, every port was open everywhere. Uh, everybody by default, those operating systems would take your entire hard drive and create uh, put it on a network share. So if you knew somebody's IP address, this, by the way, was the war dialing that I did a lot because they, you know, I was in the thick of it and they didn't have good countermeasures. Yeah. And you're just going IP to IP address. Yeah. I went IP to IP or, or even better, um, you know, building to building each building had a subnet. And if you opened up the windows network protocol on that subnet, it would just list all of the computers by default, your computer name is broadcast to everyone else on your subnet. If you know how to jump subnets, then you, you could see it. And then you open up the computer name and at least it didn't show the full C 
share. So if you double clicked on it, it would not show anything unless you'd explicitly shared things. People were trusting back then. So a lot of times you would get like somebody's entire music folder shared. This was, you know, this was pre Napster when right. MP3s. Well, for one thing, an MP3 took 45 minutes to rip off of a CD. Yeah. So, yeah. It was not a quick process. Um, so I was the one at my fraternity house who collected MP3s and I did so by running a script that went subnet to subnet, opened up computers across the entire subnet, looked for shares on the computers and opened. I did not go so far. There was a way because the security was this bad that you could open up the C dollar sign share oh, yeah. on there and you would get the root of the C drive. Right. Sometimes you would get read write access. Yes. And, and I, I would use that to mess with people, but I, I didn't go scouring everybody else's hard drive looking for files just if they shared them, but plenty of people shared them. I managed to get thousands of MP3 files and we had, uh, you know, my, my computer was the one near the party room. So we just ran a long audio cable from the back of my computer. Uh, the, the fraternity bought an extra sound blaster so that we had good audio from the back of my computer up over and to the six foot speaker stacks. That was how we played music for parties. Nice. We had a lot of music because I was scraping them all. Well, that's very similar to when the cable modem started. Same thing. If I'm not like imagining it, I made a graphic at that point that just said, get a firewall and put that on a few people uh, on their desktop. (laughs) They would notice it uh, like, oh, wait, somebody was here, huh? But that was before people. I mean, you just plugged your cable modem directly into your computer, which nobody does now. Routers are a vital part well, of your, your security. Your cable modem has a router built in. Yes. Your cable modem does not already. You don't have a, you don't have a port on most cable modems that bypasses the router. You, you are getting router and NAT just from the appliance that your ISP gives you. Yeah. But an extra router is nice. I never use the yeah. crap. Yeah. In and, the then, box. and then a lot of people will put another router behind it because why not double NAT can't possibly cause any network works well you turn off the nat on the modem and then you don't use you think people stuff. do that i do but i know it's probably in the one percent not uh not 90 yeah, percent yeah. that do i it. want this appliance to behave like a modem not uh you know maybe with a switch so i've got multiple ports but otherwise yeah just just move packets stop trying to interpret them exactly don't try not to least because your isp them. controls the firmware for that thing uh-huh you don't need them adding filters Hey, and I ever since I switched the modem have not had any shutoffs in the middle of the night between four and five a.m. anymore. So it was just a modem, even though they're like, well, we'll roll attack. I'm like, why don't you just send a modem? So let's just get this story out of the way without trying not to speak the name that should not be mentioned. The EU wants to criminalize deep fakes. We have no idea why suddenly it would come to the forefront now. Uh, I'm sure there was a thing that happened, but I did not research it. Uh, but the EU wants to, uh, the reason given is to combat domestic violence against women. They want to ban all AI generated porn, deep fakes, et cetera, because, because women, because women and are the be- only victims yeah. of these things because Bullshit. fuck men. That's why, uh-huh. <laughs> because I mean, really at this point, there are more I, young boys in that high school age, maybe a little bit before that have committed suicide after being uh, 
catfished into sending nude photos out. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like the human brain has it, all of these neuroses, but we have to protect women at all costs. And and fuck you, men. Go ahead and kill yourself. That's right. why. That's fine. We don't care. Instead yeah, of that, saying we that, want to protect that seems everybody. To be, it, it, we, that's not what the legislation says, but the justification given. I just looked at this and went, you woke white knight motherfuckers. Yeah. Anyway, that's the EU. That is kind of the EU. Yeah. Uh, so the le- the proposed legislation criminalizes, quote, non-consensual sharing of intimate images, including deep fakes made by AI tools. I, I can is- go either way. It's going down. a Well, the path here is interesting because you're not criminalizing the creation of the images, just sharing. You'll notice, which is weird. Yeah, that that is. So I can create as many as I want out for my private collection. Right. That's that's (laughs) that's fair use. And that's totally legal. if If somebody opens the C dollar sign share on my hard drive and just downloads them, then uh, that's illegal. I guess. Well, I don't know. Maybe if I didn't intentionally share it, could I get out? Is that probably a loophole? that's I'm thinking <laughs> the loophole is probably there. They, I, I, okay. I am on board a little bit with it in as much as I can stomach any law that comes out trying to ban a particular piece of technology or content. I can get wanting to ban actual naked images of other people non-consensually. Like if, if you, took a picture of me and actually that's a bad example. If you took a picture of your hot neighbor and spread that around without her permission, then that would be creepy as hell. If you took a picture of me and did it, I'd feel sorry for the people you gave it to, but right. There's another reason why they're making it illegal there. <laughs> yeah. So, but images made by AI. So if I take a, a, a caricature of your face and put it on a caricature porn star body. Except that instead of some dude drawing it, it was made by stable diffusion. That's now criminal. We are, we are on the wrong side of a line somewhere. I, just, I, I th- this is, well, it's, it's totalitarianism. It is, which is again, the EU. And I totally understand the reasons being given, but the technology is already yeah. out I the absolutely door. understand the creep factor. The creep yes. factor is huge. And this isn't the, the, the people who the people who would take their next door neighbor's face and put it on a model's body and then jerk off to it all. The, like maybe they should be smacked. Maybe, <laughs> maybe the they victim like of this it. needs they might like it. maybe the victim of this needs to come over and and you know beat them up a little bit not that we're allowed to do that in the internet era anymore because my feelings but okay the other thing that it, the statute does is it causes it illegalizes cyber stalking online harassment misogynist hate speech and cyber flashing misogynist hate speech what is that yeah as opposed to regular hate speech which uh-huh. by the way is already criminal as opposed to regular speech which is kind of criminal in the eu yeah it hate speech is too broad a category misogynist hate speech is redundant online harassment is too broad a category cyber stalking is subjective uh you know it, it, we go back to the i'll know it when i see it which was a terrible precedent right um 
Cyber flashing is the only one there that's even remotely well defined, and that is uh, sending somebody nudes without being asked. And then you have to figure out who that person actually is, which and, we're going down. Um, the EU is going to be the one that's going to get to very quickly. You have to identify yourself before using any Internet connection. And by the way, cyber flashing, the, everybody knows that the best defense, if somebody sends you nudes and you don't want them, then you're, you don't get freaked out. You don't ask daddy government to do it. You post that picture to their mom on Facebook. Right. Right. You, you get back any way you can, although it might be faked in the first place, which is this is where the technology is already way out of the gate. There are plenty of websites that do this for people for free. There are tools that you can download and run on your own PC for free that do this. So knowing what is real and what's not, it's out the door. So the problem here is you can also then use this stuff to frame somebody. So there's that. How do you know where this actually originated? Impossible to figure out. How do you know who was the first one to share the image? Almost impossible to find out. And the fact that a 12-year-old can press a button on a computer and create this and now be committing a felony, are you going to put a 12-year-old in jail? You won't fucking put people that who beat up a cop in the streets of New York it's in jail. It's the EU. Well, I know. If, if their parents voted for Trump, then maybe. Right. This may be the... Uh, the thing we're looking for as long as we can get back at the Trumpers. Yeah, it, it, well, it had the uh, tongue in cheek saying the Trumpers, but when you pass an overbroad law, what you're doing is opening the door for selective enforcement and oh, yeah. selective enforcement is, is where you feed your bias into the system. So yeah, it, if you know, somebody who, uh, somebody who voted Brexit might get the book thrown at them where, you know, somebody who pays their carbon tax every year might be fine. But it's like the answer to this is there is no answer that the Internet's well, not you, a safe place, that these tools you, are you always going to exist. You can't uninvent technology. That's right. the problem. Well, you, one of the walking around with your cell phone, you know, it, the, any woman or guy that shows up at any public place that you can just raise your cell phone and take a quick snapshot of them. You now have the ability to deep fake their ass well, their whole body, but their ass too. You don't even need a snapshot. Like take their profile pic. Right. Well, this is also true. Anything like you could, you could just give a name and be like, you know, chat GPT, please show me a picture of, you know, so-and-so naked right. and there might not be a single picture in the model, but it's going to come up with something. Yes, you don't know what it is, but then you can post it on social media and say, if there's no pictures of them online, you post it on social media. It doesn't matter what it looks like. You attach their name to right. it. And suddenly that that's a deep fake. It's illegal. And the way you used to be able to train these things on a person, you know, their facial features used to take hundreds of photos. And then it was down to, Ah, you know, we could probably do it within, you know, 20 to 40 photos. Yeah. Now it's down to one. Now you can take their Twitter icon. Yes. One. That's all you need. One. Yeah. And which, by the way, is one of the reasons why my profile pic on most social media network is a caricature that right. was drawn of me by one of my favorite artists many, many years ago. That's why I use a Funko pop of me. I mean, yeah. not that anybody <laughs> wants to deep fake that, but uh, deep. <laughs> 
<laughs> and that's the problem. Somebody creates a deep fake and puts your Funko Pop head onto a nude woman's body and spreads it around and says, this is Darren O'Neill. They can now get arrested for that in the EU. Yeah. It's very weird, though. It is very weird. And, you know, there are already laws for blackmail that's out there. But a lot of people that are doing this aren't But there are no for laws money. for white females. No, oh. that's a different thing. Oh. And, uh, you know, a lot of this, there's plenty of celebrity faked porn that's out there. And but a that's lot of been that, around ever, for as long as Photoshop is even longer. Yeah. And if it's not, you know, if I mean, it's being before Photoshop, people had to use a dark room. If this was monetized and it was a company that put it out there, then said celebrities could go after them. But most of the time, it's not people monetizing it. They create it. They no, release most of it, the time, people are trying to mess with you. They're trolling. Yes. And there's nothing you can do because the technology is too far out and to, tr to try to make fact, this a re massive revenge porn was one of the reasons given. Yes. And it is absolutely true. And I can see this happening to anybody at any time, not just if you had dated somebody, anybody that wants to make your life miserable can now take any photo of you, which is why the more photos you share online, I used to say, hey, the more you share online, the more you're asking for this. But now it's, you really only need one or two. So it's if there's a clear photo of you anywhere on the Internet, you're probably going to fall victim to this at some point. It's probably going to happen to which everybody. Which is why I need to create a bunch of accounts in their various places and use somebody else's photo. Exactly. Well, this is why catfishing has become so damn easy. In order to catfish somebody, if you had to build a profile, well, if you just stole somebody else's photos, well, then they can do a reverse image search and that, find those. Yeah, that's been happening for years, but it, yeah, now that you can create the same personality. Now you just use AI generated AI, people. Right. Yeah. You Stable diffusion that. makes your catfishing profile easy. Yes. So in, in the legislation, in the, in the explanation for why they were doing it, they actually said uh, that one of the reasons they're doing it is because it, quote, could help deter revenge porn. It could. I pulled and that one out because that is a classic statist line. It that could help. It could help. It might have an effect. So let's start incarcerating people. Sir because Spencer, it may be. We what? don't know. We have no reason to know that it will have any bonus beneficial bonuses at all but somebody somewhere thinks that maybe one life could be saved so quick let's ruin the whole economy let's let's lock people in their houses let's force them to get untested i'm going statist i mentality of we need to wield the government as a weapon if there's any possibility that it could help in the fever dreams of somebody somewhere it Right. It of could somebody, help. I could not believe they said that it could help deter. Of we don't know. Using a computer to do a thing that everybody is able to do. It could help. Right. Sir Spencer wants to know if uh, people can Photoshop him to be even more naked. Uh, I think there's a whole group of people doing nothing but Photoshopping your photos to put clothes yeah. on you, Sir Spencer. There's actually a full AI of Sir Spencer. Yes. ClotheSirSpencer.com. It is the best AI on the market right yeah. now. It's it's the one where you use stable diffusion to put clothes on Sir, Sir Spencer. Yes, exactly. Dress Have you seen dickie. those? Somebody has been posting a hell of a lot of images of this this new one that puts clothes on models and and removes tattoos. It's the one that's supposed to like dignify them. Yeah, but this is not. Which, 
going to this is never going to be controllable. It's just as stupid as deep fakes, but I appreciate that there's somebody out there going, I have different priorities, so I'm going to use the same underhanded tech techniques to produce something that I find that I want to look at, which is people with full dresses and fully clothed. Okay. Yeah, it's a different kink. It's a different, yeah. Supermodels with 18 layers of clothes on is what we're looking for. The Eskimos dig it. So you can't uninvent technology. The stable diffusion is out there. This is, governments are stepping in and saying, you cannot use this technology. Well, that is never going to work. The only thing you're going to do is criminalize more people, which if your goal is selective enforcement against people that you don't like, then then that's perfectly that that totally explains why they might be passing laws that are 100% unenforceable but the solution is not to ban the solution as it is with all of these new technologies the only possible thing you can do is normalize it and educate people about it once people are not shocked by it once they're not instantly offended of right. of you know hey wait a minute that's my head, but those aren't my boobs. I wish they, they were. <laughs> the, the moment that people are not outraged by it and maybe just look at it like, okay, some degenerate made another one. That is when you can start dealing with it rationally. Once right. people understand that it happens, then then you can think about it and go, okay, well, you know, some idiot is trolling and I can ignore this. Kind of like if I walk into the, the troll room at No Agenda Chat and Somebody says, hey, Sir Bemrose, you're an asshole. I'd be like, yeah, you're kind of right. (laughs) Instead of having a temper tantrum and freaking out about it, what you have to do is normalize it and make people understand that. I'm not saying this is a good solution. Normalizing the idea that people could make fake nudes of you doesn't sound like a world I want to live in, but it's the only one that we have available. You can't uninvent technology. You cannot put the genie back in the bottle. You cannot make LLMs go away. The only thing you can do is improve your humans. Yeah. And humans a, are. It's a being total freaked way out. to screw with somebody too, because say you're a guy and well, you know, you like the girl that your buddy's going out with. Well, then you create some of these photos and then you somehow just ship them to the world from his IP address. And now the, he, he's the guy that takes the fall and you get to swoop on in. There's all kinds of scams. Yeah. People, if, if you stop thinking about AI, which AI is a marketing term, and I know that I use it too, but that's because it's, it is the concept of the LLM model generation generators out there. It's the one that's caught on. So I'll use the term too, but it is a pure marketing term that has been attached guy. to these It has been attached to these technologies, but if you back up and stop looking at this as this is a world changing new technology that will absolutely back up and go, okay, a new technology has been created, which allows people to do things quickly that they could not do before. And people are using it to fuck with other people. Right. That story is as old as humanity and technology itself. That's what's happening. And in every single case, you cannot invent the technology. You just have to teach people this exists. This is happening. This works. 
this is how you deal with it. This is how, when you can safely ignore it. This is when you need to punch the other person in the face. And this is the, the nefarious part of this. I think we have mentioned on this show, there was a whole study, whatever it was that said, even if the photos were obviously fake. So the young girl knew that the photos that she's being shown of her were fake. A majority still acted and had the reaction as if they were legit. So this is just a very weird thing. Cause even if you know, it's not real, the reaction is still, Oh my God, this is going to ruin my life. And and it's not no well this is what needs the more of it that's out there the more normalized it becomes the less exceptional it is right and the less likely it is to ruin anyone's life and everybody can go well this just another fake and the beautiful thing is then if you're actually an exhibitionist and want to share all your nude photos out there you can just be like i don't know fake that ain't real yeah that's it's and you know if you're the the creep who collects those things you're like yeah i know it's fake but I'll still fap to it. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> it Don't doesn't care. matter. Guys have that brain. There's that part doesn't of your care, brain. Got off. Well, I'm just from playing around with these AI image generators. You're like, oh, that's a hot chick. And it's like your brain yeah. goes, that's not real. This isn't a real person, but you're like, I yeah, don't care. But, but other parts of my anatomy are totally cool with that. Right. They're like, doesn't matter. <laughs> Does not matter at all. You can all be replaced by a very well-crafted, not even well-crafted AI. No, it does not, not. doesn't have to be that well crafted. So yeah, and then the, the, the one thing that I don't understand about this is that deepfakes have been around for years, and fake porn has been around for decades, if not a lot longer. Uh, I didn't really investigate why, but I guess there was something going on, maybe on Twitter or something. This was never a problem until it happened to one particular person, and. I didn't investigate any farther. Well, it's the only why it came to the forefront because it turned into an all out war. And we also learned at that point, if you have millions of people that are trying to bury those kind of images, when they come out, they Stry can do effect. So. Yeah, they can do it. I mean, they, I, I guarantee you that the moment that Twitter decided to start banning those images, it spread farther. And it went into a lot more people's archives where it might have just gone into the browser cache and like, oh, that's interesting. And then scrolled off and you never see it again. A lot more people started clicking save as right because it was being, it was being taken down. Right. That's the human effect, man. That's, I mean, it's a Streisand effect, but yeah, it's human nature. <laughs> What's human nature is not donating to grumpy old Ben. So you got to no, learn that no, nobody's doing that. Very few, very few. We do have a few people to thank for today's show, including our buddy Progo, who I think I've got two checks sitting here. I I think I was looking back at the date, so I think we have to credit him for two checks at uh, $12 a piece, 24 bucks. And uh, as more and more people leave the check route, Progo may be the last one left, which means the P.O. box may just have to be shuttered because at $168 a year, at $12 a month from Progo, who we appreciate. He's basically paying for the P.O. box for him to send the check to for us to lose money. So if people really want the ability to send in checks. I know Baron Sir Spud the Mighty likes it. And there's a few people like, hey, we want to have that option. I can tell you right now, nobody's using that option. 
but we and, appreciate. Yeah, don't you just have one PO box for all your shows? Yes, and nobody's use. No, nobody uses it for Planet Rage. I mean, there have been a random. Have Larry start sending you money. I know, Larry, send me a lot of cash. There's <laughs> been a few random ones that have been larger checks that have come in. Some people want to send way. blankets and water. Yeah. But overall, it is uh, across all of the shows. It's really not. Uh, it, it's not making a lot of fiscal sense, but we'll see how it goes. Probably we'll let this one go another year. We'll see how things kind of work their way out. But otherwise, uh, the P.O. box thing, not a popular option, but we appreciate Progo for using. It. You can find him over at what? Smallcomputer.us, I think is his URL. The dude knows his tech. Uh, Dark Lady De Jour Demon Dragon came in with $10. I do have some checks still to cash from her, but then she has now switched over to PayPal. She's like, I saw there was a check from December that didn't get cash. And I'm like, well, that's just because I'm lazy and so few come in. I just, I want to kind of like consolidate them. And if there's only like two or three or four checks sitting there, it's like, well, this doesn't even, I have to open up an app and do kind of stuff. But I should get better this, at that. This is why. Yeah, I, I actually have a really good workflow for dealing with checks like that. I sign the back of them and hand them to my wife. See, can I do that? You can hand them to my wife. Yes. Okay. This <laughs> need really long arms. <laughs> Our buddy, Brian Janak came in with $10. One of the last ones over at Patreon. Maybe we can start putting your fake nudes over there and people will flock to Patreon. Uh, Stevie. <laughs> you want to get the whole site shut down right exactly that is and stevie i think he is over on uh the patreon too at five dollars a month and then we had a few boosts one from speedy bubble for one two three four five i think this is recent here uh i tried boosting angry tech news and got no route so the bad news is your note isn't working the good news is that i Again? may start boost yeah boosting a lot more now that i know it won't go through <laughs> that's how you feel good about boosting you're like oh what he's not going to get the money anyway oh i sir spencer helped me out and opened a channel i thought that would help for a bit but i guess i still don't have it. sir spencer you uh, do how many more routes do i need are this was do i need people who aren't sir spencer to give routes also because he's maybe. the most awesome guy out there i i thought they that was the only thing i needed his routes are just as big as his johnson now february 1st that came in from speedy bubbles so that is fairly recent within the last week uh, csb came in with 5000 says howdy grumpy team i have just created third custom gpt podcasting 2.0 namespace gpt oh wow find all three gpts you can visit noagendagpt.com yo csb and yeah i own that domain so if this thing goes big if i go to billions of dollars noagendagpt.com me and csb will be rolling rolling in the dough and and if it just becomes a money drain like your p.o box i will have to just kill csb let's let's hold off on that he's still generating some pretty <laughs> cool ai images that keep getting turned down every day and i'd have to go to euro trash land to track them down so I, that's probably not going to happen it would cost more joel w came in with 1111 and said after all the primary theater is done Haley's going to be Trump's VP pick, and I don't believe that for a minute, but we'll see. No, no. I think they hate each you know, other he, way he is, too much. He is absolutely awful at hiring, but 
I think even he might have figured out that she's not really. Uh, she might not be that into you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to put it. But we think she's everybody. also not a conservative. No, no. <laughs> so- she is. Uh, she's something, but she is not. I, I, she's going to pivot. I think she'll be a Democrat before too long. She, I think she already is. Probably. If you want to help support this show, so it doesn't go away, grumpyoldbens.com slash donate. All of the information is there. And then you can boost Instagram if you're live or after the show or all that podcasting 2.0 fun. Just go to newpodcastapps.com. But otherwise, uh, support the shows you like, no matter which one it is. It might be bowl after bowl with Sir Spencer and Dame DeLorean. If so, support that show. If you listen, support the show. Everybody's like, Oh, it's just a little bit. It's not enough, which is one thing that the podcasting if, 2.0 if stuff everybody, can help. If everybody gave just a little bit, it would be enough. Yeah. And the podcasting 2.0 stuff makes it easy to where it's like, oh, I want to give these guys 50 cents a show. And everybody's like, oh, I, I what will does that say, do? Having watched the internet technology sphere for you know, almost as long as there's been an internet, certainly as long as there's been a commercial internet, this is the closest we've ever come to the idea of micropayments. And I have seen company after company after company try to come up with the idea of, Oh, you can just send a few cents to a person. Just, you know, just an appreciation thing. And in almost every single case, it fails because the company will not relinquish control and make it decentralized. This is the first time I've ever seen micropayments start working at scale. Yes. And this is going even further. I have to uh, download the one other thing that's out there. The graph, the guy who runs the servers that planet rage social are using. So he's the Pleroma guy. They're the working, Pleroma guy. Yeah. They're working on stuff. This isn't in Mastodon yet, but they've got this figured out. To where you can have a custom emoji on Pleroma that you can set an amount of sats to. So if somebody says something that you like and you respond with this emoji, boom, stats go to that person if they have a Albi wallet or a wallet hooked up. I saw I saw something about that. I haven't dug into it. That is fascinating. I know it's amazing. It's awesome. It's it's kind of bringing value for value to activity pub. Yes, it from, is. You know, Dave and Adam on podcasting 2.0 have been talking about bringing podcasting to in podcast index into activity pub. And now you're saying that graph and at all are coming at this from the other side. I want them to meet in the middle and yes. come up with a, a full blown decentralized economy. It is quite awesome when you look at it. To where, okay, somebody posts a meme that you really like, boom, all you got to do is give them an emoji and that sends them a cent, five cents, 20 cents, whatever you set your budget at. And and it, we might finally have proof of how much the memes are valuable. Yes. We can see who yep. can actually make money being a memer. In case there are any doubters out there who say that memes are worthless, this would be proof that they're not. It would be proof that share a meme, make money. You can make 13 whole cents an hour by creating memes. If you get, yeah, I'm not saying it'll be a lot, but, (laughs) but how awesome would it be to sit there and be like, yeah, I'm making money by posting memes. This is the dream of millions of people on the internet. 
Yes. Because just with that little, the other thing that we'll do, which I think was kind of the concept of some of these streaming Satoshis with the podcasting 2.0 is that people set it and forget it. And they don't even think about the fact that there's some money going out, some funds going out as they listen, having it attached to the little emoji that people love to use these kind of things anyway, that it's just your, okay, I'm giving you an, I like emoji. You don't even think that if the person's hooked up for it, you know, they're getting 20 cents or whatever it is. Everybody out there, everybody who is internet culture savvy knows how to hit the like button, right? Whatever it happens to be. If that sent money, woo. And, and just attaching money to that right there, you have integrated this in like one of the problems with every new thing on the internet is you have to train people to start using it. You have to, right. you, know, you have to make people remember. And there's too many things. You know, people are over socialized. There's too many things to think about. And adding one more thing to think about is a recipe for failure. But if you could just make it so, oh, yeah, this thing that I'm already doing 100 times a day, now I'm draining my wallet while doing it. Yeah. What could go wrong? As long as there's money there. That's the beauty of the lightning And I look forward to covering these news stories, the the human interest story on some tech blog about how some poor person managed to drain their entire life savings because they were responding to too many memes <laughs> or their kid started hitting the like button. Yeah. On their the kids phone. start slamming the like button on the app. And I don't understand how the only fans girl Stop got putting all my Satoshi's bank in the kid's wallet. Right. Mm-hmm. Those only fans girls, they'll take all your money. They're not going to give you love back. No, well, that's not what the, the website said. I, it like a lot of things on the internet. It might be a lie. That's not what the caption on the deep fake memes told me. Right. Well, I can't wait to hear how the rest of the Pleroma saga goes for, uh, for the private, what, what is your uh, domain for your private hosting? There? I am not willing be, because well, I'm we'll still kind of because you're not up yet. I got it yeah, because it's, <laughs> because it's not up yet. However, uh, parts of it may be exposed to the internet and not quite locked down for security. I am not going to tell anybody what it is, hey, but if there are I will have Bemrose exposed to the internet. We have problems. There are lots of parts of Bemrose that are exposed to the internet every single day. This podcast is one of them. Yeah which is why you want to be back here next week for another edition of Grumpy Old Ben's. Assuming the uh, good Lord willing and the, the freaks don't rise, we will be around. Just support the show. It'll make so, us Assuming happier. the freaks don't rise. Right. The freaks will definitely rise. No question about it. Until then, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside a shy rack where I'm, I, I have nothing. And from America's left coast, I'm Ryan Bemrose, and it is now safe to turn off your computer.